I walked in the 21st Amendment and all I did was listen for your laugh. <laughs> we should play back my phone message to myself. We should play back the message that I got about... Uh, oh, that's a different podcast. Oh, is that a different podcast? Yeah, it's a different podcast. Did you get it on your iPhone? I got it on my real fake phone number. Ah. Which, uh, if I would have remembered, I would have printed that real fake phone number so we could give it. Anyway, go to... Beer School has its own real fake phone number. All you have to do is go to the web page uh, and click on the contact button, and you can find the 206 something, 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 and it... From your secret bunker up in the uh, yeah, Cascades, exactly. the Northern Cascades. The Northern, the Northern Cascades. So anyway, if you leave a message on that phone, um, we'll actually get the message, and we can actually play it on the show. So get good and drunk and call us. Exactly. But do uh, it in a safe manner, please, kids. Don't drink and drive. So, John. You might spill the beer. <laughs> what shirt am I wearing? Oh, so this is the coolest thing. <laughs> we, were at the, we were at the Brewing Network's second anniversary party last Sunday. Yes. And I was helping stream the video. And so I was working, 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 working. It was really, uh, it was really a. You did a good job, but you were working. I was working. I mean, there was no beers for me. Not until the <laughs> I end. I even tried to get you one. Said, I just need a sandwich. I just need a sandwich. But um, Motor got a BN Army shirt, and it's the coolest thing. It's, <laughs> it's a hand grenade made out of a hops. Yes. And Justin said, I'll give you the shirt if you promise to wear it at beer school. Yeah, the next time you record beer school, you gotta wear your, you got to wear the Brewing Network shirt. I said, no problem. No problem. Free clothes are better than clothes you buy. <laughs> I was going to make a comment about pants, but I can't even segue <laughs> into that. That's a different So we're show. just going to do this and go. You're listening to Beer School. We're here to help you and your friends learn to like more than one kind of beer. There's lots of beers to like. Some are made right down the street from where you live, and others have to travel halfway around the world just to get to you. Learn why beer tastes like it does, how other styles came about, and which... 75, <laughs> 75 years of history best describes what you are tasting. The best part about beer school is the, the homework. homework. The homework is beer. And if that's not motivation enough to listen to the show, I don't know what is. <laughs> we have an interesting show planned and prepared. We've been studying for weeks. I've got my notes. Me too. Before we start, can I come up with a very important... Uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, all yeast goes to the bottom of the fermenter. When it dies, it falls when to it the bottom. When it dies, the difference between top fermenting and bottom fermenting... Has nothing to do with how has, heavy the yeast has is. Has nothing to do with how heavy the yeast is. <laughs> <laughs> we're not always trying right. to... Let, we're not always trying to let on that we know a lot about beer. And sometimes it's just funnier to talk about, you know, the, the gravity of the yeast. And, you know, sometimes in, under the pressure of... Uh, putting this podcast together somebody poses a question to me and my brain gives out the wrong answer <laughs> and we but the thing is we've totally known the answer we, yes. we, we do know this because we brewed beer we know that there's difference between ale yeast and lager yeast yes we know that different tastes are imparted by both kinds of yeast and for whatever reason we forgot <laughs> <laughs> so uh to my left we have rosie the intern hello thanks for being back on the show no problem. Sorry, I missed out. The evil empire took your time. It's true. They do well, that a lot. You know, they pay the rent. Sometimes they pay me for yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's still the empire, the empire that it is evil, and uh, but you know, you're sitting on this side of the microphone tonight, That's today, right. this afternoon. Because if you're on the other side, the uh, the wait. This is what it sounds like if I sit on the other side of the microphone. <laughs> 
you want to sit on the right side. Of, it's a it's a uh, it's a end addressing mic, not a side addressing ah. mic. Now I sound like I'm on another show. I'm John Foster, and across from me is Mother. Uh, Mother. <laughs> you, who you can recognize from wherever you are by his laugh. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd like to thank everybody who keeps writing in to ask for the dirty bear joke. <laughs> the bear, I get a couple the bear of and the, the bear and the rabbit joke. <laughs> hey, you can't see what joke it is. <laughs> But yes, I get a couple of emails a week. Is that the one you're not but allowed to tell on air? That's the one I don't we, tell we on the air. But I, as, as soon as somebody emails me, I just email them right back the joke. And I hand type part of it every time. <laughs> not just copy paste? Not just copy Actually, paste. Actually, you do, you do just do the command C and the command V. So you hand type it no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it's only two characters. January 16th, 1920. The 18th Amendment went into effect. That is freedom of speech? No, it has nothing to do with freedom of speech. Freedom of speech was was a founding father amendment. This was the enabling legislation for the mafia, right? This was exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this is where it all started to suck. And that's S-U-C-K. This was the frosting on the cake of sucking that had been building for years. Oh, my gosh. The problem is that this date is the middle of the story. We can't start here. Okay. Okay. I mean, this is this is like halfway through the whole entire thing. Right. So where do we start? Where do we start? We start with, we do the Wayback Machine. We even okay. go further back than we ever thought didn't we, we would go didn't before. Didn't we <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we roll back to about 75 years before. Okay. Dinosaurs? Dinosaurs. Okay. No, no, no. 75 years. So if we're, if we're doing the, um, the creation idea there, there's a new creation museum which is like how did that get funded they say that six thousand years ago poof everybody was here so that means that if we go back 75 years we're only going back about one percent of that time frame mm-hmm. so we're having an argument about something okay i got the i got the percentage <laughs> wrong somebody look it up i'm only doing decimal i can't do decimals in my head um so we're going back 75 years so we're going back to about the time of the Civil War. Yes. Okay. This is where the idea of people wanting alcohol out of the neighborhoods, the industry, the place, the workplace, they want it done. And there's a couple of reasons. There's, there's basically a bunch of tracks that are all leading up to this specific date in 1920. Right. So – and. The thing that I, the thing that I, in, in researching this, I find I find myself wanting it to be a specific group of people, like a religion or a business, or you know, there's one, there's the one key thing. It turns out there's not. This has been going. This took seventy five years to brew, to come to, <laughs> you know, to use our own word, to 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 happen. Right. It wasn't overnight. It wasn't that three years before they decided, hey, we're gonna we're gonna outlaw alcohol sales of any kind. We're going to no. This took a long time to do. So, um, it starts around the time of the Civil War, the ending of the Civil War, right? Which is when <laughs> you don't have your. <laughs> That's notes. not my notes. Eighteen sixty-five. Yeah, eighteen sixty-five. Um, eighteen. So put it in perspective. Eighteen sixty-nine. Is the the railroad between the East Coast and the West Coast is completed? Yes, 
and that pretty much brings culture back and forth between uh, between what coast. we what we call the right coast and as importantly the telegraph wires that followed the railroad right the telegraph went along with the railroad so not just moving people back and forth that's when you first started to get so that information could move faster than somebody on a really fast horse with an envelope the world became a smaller place and people um what had happened? Well, in England today, you have the history of the tide houses and breweries own bars. And back in the beginning of American brewing, breweries own bars or breweries had a very close connection with saloons or taverns. And so the tap, the places where the beer was sold were directly associated with the breweries. And a lot of times, some of these places might have had some other activities going on that you might be interested in when you're drunk, like hooking up or maybe some gambling right and that's professionally hooking up too <laughs> and so uh people started to look around and it was a time the nation was starting to mature it wasn't just cutting down trees and building cabins and tilling the soil towns were getting formed and people some people are going you know i don't like the drunk guys who are you know hanging out singing with the uh the ladies of ill repute and gambling away their salaries we got to do something about this People who were trying to support a family, for example, yes. would spend their whole entire their whole entire salary on beer and uh, you know. And you know what's good about night. that? You know what's good about that time too? You could put your kids to work, so your kids could be bringing home the paycheck. You could be spending it down at the. Down right. at, you had industrialization. Sounds like a good deal. You had industrialization. You had factories starting to spring up, and the whole culture was accelerating very quickly. There were a lot of people coming into the country, and there were a lot of things changing. And some people said, you know, I don't like all these changes. Well, and part of it is, in, in reading this book um, called Ambitious Brew by Maureen Ogle. Yes. It's a fascinating time because you look at you, – you're reading this and you're like, okay, to put it in perspective, that this is why we brought up the Civil War. There's an idea of the way that things ought to be. Right. And this is founded by the Puritans, by – the Catholics, by the Protestants, by the Methodists that say, here's the way that we want to live. Here's the way that we want to think. And here's how our community, because it's founded or centered around the church, we want this to be like this. Mm -hmm. And so it's not that we're, it's not that we're talking about 50% of the people in, in the community that's saying, this is the, this is the way it should be. It's a, it's 1872. It's, it's the it, Women's Christian Temperance Union. It's founded by a person named Annie Wittenmeyer. And the idea is, is that the temperance people had the – they basically were the uh, probably the first big lobbyist group. And they went around the communities and they essentially hassled people walking out of a brewery or out of a bar. Mm -hmm. And they would they – would, um, pray to them they would sing to them they would say you're doing something wrong and of course you know when you've got your drink on you're not gonna you're not gonna you might even say something rude to you might even say women yeah <laughs> thereby <laughs> reinforcing their stereotype of you right so they're gonna throw you know the lemon from the hefeweizen or the, <laughs> or the the cherry seed that they've been eating or the something actually they probably didn't have a lemon in the half of eisen but the idea is, is that these people were targets of the same ridicule that they were putting back on the patron of the bar and we've talked about how 
the bar, the local the local scene was the place where you got your check cashed, where you did politics, where you talked to people in your community. And so here's a bunch of people that are saying, no, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. The temperance people. So it takes the temperance people pretty much 35 years to begin to get traction in this idea. So part of the, so when we talk about uh, prohibition happening um, across when we talk about prohibitioning happening in 1920, it's taken 18. No, 19. It was, was ni- it? 1919 was when the bill moved got up 75 when years. When, the, oh. when, when the bill got ratified. But this is this is something that's going on not just in the United States. It's going on all over the world. It's going on in um, the Nordic countries. It's going on in Russia. It's going on in Asia. That was it's going the on interesting Aus- thing I I looked up too. Yeah, that was just not here. It's just not here. It's everywhere, and it's this whole um, it's the whole movement of we don't want alcohol in our life, right? And what's going on with that? One of the things is the Industrial Revolution. Yeah, J.P. Morgan gave a lot to temperance groups. Because he didn't like drunk factory workers. Mm. That was an interesting little gem that I found out. He was one of the big funders. Drunk factory workers lose arms. Yeah. And then they only have one arm to work with. Because you have to remember the times we're talking about. Or you have to get more children to work in your factory. Something like that. I mean, this is reaction. It's reaction to a changing time. And people, uh, you also got the progressive uh, government movement. You got labor unions coming out of this. It's all these different facets of people reacting to what they saw as, as problems with society. And to, to run through this story, you find that a lot of stuff was mishandled and prohibition was something that they didn't even think about at the beginning of this movement. And it just sort of snowballed as a couple of very uh, well-organized people at the center of the uh, temperance movements got more power, and then realized, wow, we can go all the way with this. One of the things that was happening was prior to 1916, there was no income tax right. for the United States. It was – taxes came from things that were – taxes came from things that were sellable. So beer, wine, alcohol, uh, cotton, corn. Goods. Goods, essentially. And it was to the person who was creating the goods – to pay the tax. Right. And so the, the public was oblivious to the fact that they had an income tax. So roughly, and depending on what region you you are living, between 20 and 40% of the income for the United States is coming from alcohol sales. Right. So when the amendment for income tax gets made, then there's no reason to be behind the idea of here's taxation. Right. The, or, excuse me, beer taxation. The the brewers were providing, uh, they were going, you know, we fund a huge amount of the U.S. government. They would never shut us down. Right. And when the income tax came in, all of a sudden, they looked around and said, uh-oh. Right. They finally realized um, there, were a couple, there were a couple of brewers over time who really saw early on, something's happening. We got to fight back on this. But it was hard getting all the other brewers organized. Mm-hmm. And they tried to come up with barrel taxes that then they would use to uh, support or buy off local politicians. Motor just made air quotes. <laughs> Thank you. But not everybody would saw the necessity of 
uh, paying their barrel tax because it was going to a brewer's association. It wasn't a government. They were just saying, come on, we need this money. We need to all work together to make sure that we can fight these other people who are being very effective at getting their politicians into office to get this legislation passed that they want. We need to do something to counter this. It's fascinating that money was paid for people to pay their poll tax. Yes. So that they could get people to go and vote. So in the in the modern United States, there is no poll tax. Right. There is no there is no cost to vote to vote. And this was put in place originally was to make sure that property owners, people who actually had a say in property, and if you have property you have money that those people would be the decision makers. Because here's the thing. Or the counter to that is poor people wouldn't be decision makers. And especially uh, poor black people, the poll tax, even into I think the 50s and 60s in the South, was a way that they used uh, to keep to keep uh, poor black people away from the polls. And just poor people in general. But poor a lot of it was, yeah. I think, well, and, you know, to editorialize just a bit, I don't have a problem with, the idea of you must be this tall to destroy the city. <laughs> I think that I think that the uneducated voter is the worst person in the whole world to vote because they're voting with an emotion. They're they might not... end up with a, an actor for president or governor. <sighs> exactly. <laughs> you know, they're like, oh, I know that guy. At least Jesse Ventura was done in one. You know, they realized what they did with Jesse. Actually, he was kind of in a. Well, we're not going to talk yeah. about that. So the idea was is that um, that brewers, people who owned breweries, were actually paying people to pay their poll tax so that they could, in fact, get a decision or a person in office that would make sure that prohibition didn't happen. Now, to, to back this up, this is kind of a crazy stat. 1911, the population living in dry areas in the United States. If we look at the southern... The southern regions, Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, North Carolina, Oklahoma, 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 Oklahoma. Wait, this is before southern Ca- South Carolina. This is pre-prohibition. Tennessee, Texas, Virginia, and West Virginia. This is what they consider southern states. 87% of the populace is living in dry states or dry counties. Mm-hmm. So this is this – is, Local government already making the mandate about um, alcohol and where it's coming from. That was one of the tricks. And you, if you know you start to follow all the politics today, you'll re- you see all these tricks happening: yeah, the harassing of- people outside of bars, or going at very local elections and working at a local level that nobody realizes is going on until right. it sort of snowballs. Right. And we teach that dinosaurs and men live together. So, and then, you know, and then you look at middle America. So middle is Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Michigan, Minnesota, Missouri, Nebraska, North Dakota, Iowa, or Ohio, uh, South Dakota, and Wisconsin. This is 49%. Mm -hmm. 49% of this populace is dry. Um, The east, the interesting thing is that as you get toward the east, so New England and um, the large cities, it drops dramatically. So in the Maryland, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, where there's all big cities, it's only 13%. Right. Hmm. And in New England, which is Maine, Connecticut, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, and Vermont, again, working cities, uh, pretty much an older version of the United States, 38%. Yeah, it was, it was a lot more 
Um, dry places are a lot more prevalent in rural places, while yeah. cities did not embrace the idea of prohibition, possibly because a lot of the big breweries were in big cities. Well, you have you have a population that's basically this is the culture, this is the way we live. Right. Whereas other parts of the culture are, you know, based around this center of the of the community, which is the church, mm-hmm. and the church is preaching. You do not want to. You want to abstain from from this uh, evil brew, using air quotes again. <laughs> <laughs> you, did, you did the voice right. I mean, as early as the eighteen, as early as the eighteen eighties, you had you had dry. Well, so Kansas, for example, eighteen eighty yeah. was the very first state in the United States to go dry. And who was it that promoted this to happen? The Wicked Witch of the West, wasn't she from Kansas? Yeah, she was from Kansas. It's kind of she. Was, did you know that she was six feet tall? Yeah. What an intimidating person! Of course, you're <laughs> going to say, "Yeah, we'll go with you." <laughs> Can I guess Henry Hyde Russell? Yes. Good. And my notes are a lot less extensive than yours. <laughs> I have this book. I read it's this the tiniest book. piece of paper I've ever seen. It's amazing. I'm like, notes on. Well, um, this the the ambitious brew book does not have these crazy stats, right? And I love these crazy stats. And we'll, so, um, who is this person that we're talking about? Henry Hyde Russell is a sort of more of a progressive government person, but really his issue became shutting down the saloons and going after. Uh, going after alcohol and he's sort of credited in this book with coming up with the idea of the modern single single subject special interest group all he cares about is getting rid of getting rid of alcohol shutting down the saloons and he collected money he put he put together his the lobbying thing as if it were a business very organized this is what you do this is what you do got a lot of funding to go after one issue repeatedly and sort of really drove it. He's sort of the other side to the, the the women's Christian Temperance Union people, and but eventually they come they come together on it. But he was the one who just came down. This is the organization. This is what we're doing, and attacked it like a really well thought out business. I see. It's interesting that they that he probably went state by state. Kansas, North Dakota, or excuse me, North Carolina. The next year, eighteen eighty one, Iowa, eighteen eighty two. Ohio, 1883, Maine, 1884. It's like they went from state to state to state to state. Like they just had a big war map. Yeah, on their wall. exactly. And they and then um, this goes on every year like clockwork until 1890 when Nebraska caves. Mm-hmm. It's oh. a it, it's a fascinating thing. It's like and at some point you have. Um, by the time you get to uh, 1918, the year before, most, excuse me, uh, 90% of the United States is considered dry. Mm-hmm. Just by just by this, uh, you know, working one by one by one to make this happen. Yeah. So it was almost, it's crazy, almost like they didn't even need to pass this amendment to begin yeah. with because there was like no reason to do it. Well, another thing they they got they got the um, the law that is on this side of the sheet, the uh, Webb Kenyon Act that uh, restricted the movement of alcohol across state lines. Oh, actually, and, this was a big deal. And so, if you had a brewery that was in a dry spot, you could still survive by shipping it to other places. But as soon as you couldn't do that, uh, you were basically out of business. 
And so uh, that's when they started getting going at the at the national level and doing things. That was, I don't know, probably the uh, the early 1900s. All right, so we're going to move just a bit ahead. Okay, World War One. World War One. You know what? It's you know from, coming from a strong German lineage. Once again, it's the Germans' fault. <laughs> you know who brewed all the beer? You want to run down the names of the brewing companies? It was the Germans. It was the Germans. It was the German purity law. <laughs> it was the idea of here's how here's how beer has been made for centuries. Here's the people that know how to brew it. And so they came over here and they, you know, Germany is a wee little country by comparison to the United States. And it wasn't up until the Civil War, it wasn't even a country. It was right. an amalgamation of different states. And the real power in the area was uh, the Austro-Hungarian area. Austro-Hungarian Empire. So if you look at if you look at brewing as it's happening, these guys, for example, um, the Bush Company had eighty uh, percent of the of the locations of ill repute or the the saloons. They were the owner of those places in Chicago. Right. So there was no there was no. Uh, well, it was a tide house because that's who what they were brewing or what they were pouring at those places, and so they were making mass amounts of money. So, tide house is like a it's like a tide house is, is a bar owned by the brewery. Oh, I see. Okay. And in England, that's that's still how they do it. And so, if you go if you go in in London to a pub, you know sort of immediately what beers will be on tap because you know whether it's a Fuller's pub or a Bass pub. And so oh, you see the same sort of um, – it's like here after Prohibition – this is way ahead of it, but I just want to pull this story out. You have distributorships. For, you have the breweries, the distributors, and then you have the bars. And each distributor carries a certain selection of different brands of beer. Mm -hmm. That's sort of like the Tidehouse thing that you know with this distributor. These are the beers that they move and these are the beers that these guys move. But with the uh, – the, the Tidehouse, the taverns, they also the breweries also used to do big beer gardens because that's a German tradition. They would build amusement parks, uh, and people would go out for all their Sundays and have picnics in the great big grassy, you know, beer gardens. But then they also had all the little small bars and they would go and try and get this bar from the other guy and then throw up all their, you know, signs. And all of the beer advertising was stuff that they would do to brand their beer in certain bars. The crazy thing is this. So we have the beginning of World War One, but around the same time, um, December twenty second, nineteen fourteen, uh, the representative Hobson introduced the Prohibition Amendment to the House floor. So it's, it would take them five years to push to to make this happen. But around this time, fifty percent of the of the states are already dry. Right. So you can see where the momentum's coming from. This this is the this is where the mo uh, this, that's ridiculous. It's, called, where count, the it's called counting votes. Yeah, it's called counting votes. <laughs> and they uh, he even though that was a very trial balloon that he set up, it the, the first vote did a lot better than he thought it was going to do. It was just sort of like let's see if this will fly, and it flew really well to get the whole prohibition thing rolling along. I think the other well, and because of the war, 
they were looking at where are these things? Where are the, where is the food for the com- country going to come from? Mm-hmm. So by curtailing uh, grain sales to distillers, the people that make uh, whiskey and vodka and gin, by by curtailing that, they were which essentially forced them out of business. And this is three years prior to prohibition even happening. Right. By, by, by curtailing the, the sales of that, they essentially put them out of business, but they also allowed the food supply for the nation to, to happen to happen during the time of war. Because, you know, the war effort's a, a, a tough thing. We, we don't really know about what a tough thing is now because, you know, life goes on while we're bombing for oil. Yes. Uh, and then two years later, or excuse me, three years later, when they, they get prohibition to happen, then the the crazy stat is 99 million loaves of bread are become available because they're not making beer. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What do they do with all those loaves of bread? Did they start building houses out of them? They must have. I, you know, well, evidently people needed to eat them. Ah. And so uh, it was it, – so you had the uh, – on one end, you had all the states that were being effectively uh, turned dry by the organizations that were put together just to go at prohibition. You had the uh, creation of the income tax that all of a sudden removed the economic cloud of the brewers at the federal level. And then you had the war effort that, A, required um, materials that would go into alcohol production, and then also the PR that... Uh, we're fighting Germans, so why do these Germans get to make money off right. selling us beer, even though they've been in the country forever? So it was a sentiment that was going on in the country that anyone with a German name changed their name mm-hmm. to, so, to, so that they wouldn't be publicly ridiculed, so they wouldn't be painted yellow, so they wouldn't have... I don't uh, know if yellow was the color they associated with the Germans. No. Well, <laughs> no, that says in the book, in the... Uh, okay. In, uh, in this book that they would... That they would get pulled out and and uh, and oh ridic- yeah yeah i remember that ridiculed by the public uh, uh just because they were just because they had a last name the other crazy thing was is that people who were of german descent they had parents who moved here two generations before they'd lived their whole entire life in the united states yet because they traveled to germany and spent two weeks there their assets were being seized. Right. Wow. Yeah. All because of the idea that, uh, you are German, you will, we, we do not like you, we will take your stuff. Why would a person with a German accent be saying, <laughs> <laughs> I have just traveled well, to Germany on vacation, why do you take my things when I come back? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's the better way to do it. <laughs> no, but it's it, you I, all the crowd. We're gonna take your crap, you damn crowd. Yeah, your brewery too. Your brewery, <laughs> your assets, your your stuff. That's my enlightened American voice. Your stuff, your stuff, all your things, we're all your take things. Your cattle. We're gonna take your cattle. We're gonna take your pigs and your beer. We're not gonna take your beer because we already banned beer. So all this came together, and we got prohibition. We got prohibition. Okay, good job. answer up i I think the thing that hit that that doesn't sit well with me is that this is happening all over again right it's like what the hell we we, is this the point where you come to why we need to apply history to our lives today to understand what's going on exactly okay so it's it happens over a period of time 
changes in public don't happen overnight because look at look at San Francisco. Okay. I'm looking. <laughs> Big buildings around the waterfront didn't weren't allowed. Right? You couldn't have a building that was you could only have a building that was so high because it blocked the people's view behind, you know, at a certain point. Now they have that. Now they're allowing look at the big buildings over there. They're not that big. They're not that it's, big. I think it's eighty feet. But okay. no, what your what your story is that is that that little changes eventually steamroll into big changes. Right. And they're changes that people don't realize. Like um some other show that I listen to on the internet uh, talks about computer issues and all these little <laughs> things here or there that one day somebody's going to catch you on and all of a sudden you're in jail. Uh, right. And it should be, it should just be like a, like a speeding ticket. Yeah. But this is a big, this, this legislation. If I go to a site that I might be able to download free music from and just look around without downloading free music, because that would be wrong. Uh, but I'm just going there to see what's up there. I could get in trouble underpinning legislation just for going to a site where I might be able to get free music, right. even if I don't get any free the, music. The thinking about it. So you have a potential to be a criminal. Yes. It's true. Well, it also... If I left here and went to rent a car, just thinking about renting a car right now, I should, be, I should get a DUI. <laughs> just thinking about it. Yeah. That's not right. So the thing that happens during Prohibition, what happens next? They pass this crazy law. Yep. All the beer goes. All the beer goes. All the spirits go. The, the, the one stat that this book, The um, Ambitious, Brew. Ambitious Brew, shows is that it was too expensive for the kids, the people, to brew beer. And so they brewed something else much that was much cheaper and much simpler to make. Hooch. Hooch. <laughs> there were 13,000 people that died in 1919 from alcohol poisoning. Excellent. Wow. <laughs> and they weren't all at Chico State. That's right. <laughs> 13,000 people. So what goes into hooch? Basically grain. You heat it up. The, um, railroads have a problem when they have derailments in the middle of nowhere mm -hmm. if they're... Um, Moving especially corn, mm -hmm. train car full of corn, however it's moved, falls over. And what they used to do is just leave it there. And if you're out in some place, especially where there are bears, the corn ferments. The bears find the fermented corn, and they hang out by the train tracks, and the bears are getting drunk on fermented corn. And then the bears walk onto the train tracks, and the trains hit them. And a train hitting a bear sort of makes a mess. You've got... So actually now they instead of just sort of leaving it there out in the middle you know imagine the middle of nowhere whatever your vision of the middle of nowhere is and where there are bears my uh, no, I don't think there there's bears. no bears in I, I assume <laughs> I assume Montana they're moving oh, yeah. the corn from Nebraska to Seattle or something um but yeah you can ferment most anything uh you just you're waiting for the sugar to turn uh, here we go into facts again you can ferment almost anything and I'm going to leave it at that um and so people were just mixing stuff up where they were fermenting stuff and drinking it to, to catch a buzz. Can you ferment pillowcases? Uh, maybe mine, but... Um. <laughs> <laughs> and also, there were people who got into the business of supplying alcohol who didn't know what they were doing. And every now and then, you know, maybe a carboy would explode in their basement. 
or uh, or they'd be selling product that just makes people go blind. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of good wine though being made in North Beach. Uh, I don't I don't have any uh, data on this right now, but you hear the stories in North Beach and San Francisco, which is the primary primarily Italian American neighborhood. Uh-huh. Almost everybody was making wine in their basement. Uh, and there were all these ways that people would get around um, buying beer and fermenting things. They would sell kits for this or sell kits for that. And it's like, danger, don't do this, and then don't do this, and make sure you especially don't do this, because the end result might be beer. In, in, <laughs> ni- in 1928, there were 500 malt shops open in New York, in New York and 100,000 nationwide. Woolworth... The big uh, department store. The department store sold brewing home brewing equipment. Now it was in disguise, or I was as I would say. Oh, this is during prohibition. In burrito, yeah. with instructions: don't do don't this. do this. Make sure you don't do this, and then don't do this for thirty minutes. Yeah, this kit does not absolutely <laughs> does not do this. Exactly. Um, you have you have people that are getting prescriptions. So here is... John's staring at a piece of paper. Nope. It's a prescription. On a napkin. On a napkin. It's a liquor prescription. And this allows somebody under guidance, air quotes, yes, to be allowed to have uh, alcohol, beer, wine, whatever, uh, to cure what ails them. What ails thee? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> And so it, it's uh, you know issued issued under authority of the National Prohibition Act and has a U- U.S. Treasury Department thing and has a number and it's so it's all like there. medical mara-alcohol. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <coughs> it's the same idea. That can I get something for my cough? Yes, sir. Wow. Is that from? Uh... It's from a bar napkin. Somebody um, had them on the uh, table. Oh. Examine Exhibit A, please. Yes, Exhibit A. But another thing was... It's curious, the stuff that survived. So hops was allowed to be, continued to be grown, and it was an export crop. Malt, barley, or barley malt was allowed to continue to be grown because it had, it, it was used for other things. Right. Water... Well, that came out of the ground. <laughs> water was banned. <laughs> That's a, a small Absolutely unknown no bit. Water. water was banned. Water was water t- is the the major ingredient in beer. Right. And if people could get their hands on water, they could make beer. You know, it's like it's only 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 terrorists would have water. It's true. <laughs> when we all have water, the terrorists have won. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but also, um, some entrepreneurs got into the business of. Uh, moving alcohol some of them uh went on later famous in politics um but there was a lot of let's say criminals who got organized mm-hmm. because people like to drink some places were more legitimate than others 
Um, right now, we're all, you know, we haven't mentioned anything about the beer we're drinking. We're drinking uh, beer. We're from not the... supposed to be drinking it. That's no, no, no. We can drink beer up until the end of the show, and then we're dry for four episodes. Yeah, right. <laughs> then you got to find, so a... you find a new, you got to find a new sidekick here. <laughs> I got a new sidekick. <laughs> So anyway, we're drinking beer from Speakeasy Brewing in San Francisco. Um, Speakeasy's opened up where you would have clubs that were in people's houses, the backs of businesses. We've all seen all the gangster movies. Uh, Some of them were a lot more elaborate than others. Um, You have the sliding eye hole. Yes. It turns out that the Speakeasy was around for a way long time. Prior to Prohibition even happening. Well, there's Chumley's in uh, Greenwich Village that you can still go to that was at Speakeasy. And it's hard to explain where it is or find because it's still in the same sort of you know, sort of setup uh, in the West Village. Bob sent me. It's like either gonna, there are two entrances. You either go down this alley this way or down that alley. Right. And it's a regular beer spot now. But, it you know, it was a, it was a Speakeasy during Prohibition. There's one left also in Petaluma, I think. Where? We I just go. read about it. I'll have to, I'll have to research that. More. Oh, fun. Okay, we, good. We have to Write go. that down. <laughs> <laughs> Why have I not known about the Speakeasy in Petaluma? Hmm. Well, Speakeasy Brewing in San Francisco has a Friday afternoon party. Yes. And because uh, they like to confuse you for all the kids at home, their URL is good beer. Is it good beer? Yeah, it's good beer. Okay. Yeah, good there beer. it is. Com. You know, they really like to confuse you because they print it in red that's almost illegible at the bottom of everything <laughs> else in the back. So I'm drinking a Prohibition Pale. As am I. As am I. And on the on the uh, the label art, all the label is themed around the sort of 20 stuff. And the uh, you have a very dapper, elegant-looking couple, although they have strange expressions looking like they're going to sneak into the species. <laughs> During Prohibition, the masses were forced underground into the speakeasy. Hidden within the streets of the city, friends gathered where music played and drinks were poured. Prohibition Ale is a boldly hopped amber ale that strikes a perfect balance between caramel maltiness maltiness, and aggressive hopping. Mm. And uh, it is. It's very nice. It's a good beer. Very nice. You know, it's. I think it might have changed recently, but this is even hard to get in uh, Southern California, really? where I'm from. Yeah, really. Yeah, and maybe I think I've seen it a handful of places. Well, this is the first show we've done that's all one beer from one brewery. Yes. Prior, prior to our prohibition beer from Speakeasy, <laughs> we enjoyed a cold, frosty mug of Big Daddy IPA, where half of the writing on the back is exactly what John said, and the second half. Describing the uh, describing the Big Daddy says no lightweight Big Daddy IPA tips the scales with a huge hop flavor and a dry clean finish that leaves the scene without a trace. Wow! So the, unto- the so if you want to watch some movies that are about prohibition, get an idea what this is about. Uh, the Untouchables is probably the the uh, top of the heap. Was that the one where Sean Connery beat somebody to death with a baseball yeah. bat? Yeah. It's like, Excellent. Bringing a knife, bringing a knife to a gunfight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's where that came from. <laughs> he ended up getting beat up, that guy. I think a lot of Any people in that movie. Yes, then. sir. Um, Smoking the Bandit. Oh, no, that was about Coors. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Once Upon a Time in America is anti 
anti-prohibition. Didn't know I never that. heard of that. Didn't know that. Uh, Cotton Club. The Cotton Club is uh, speakeasy. Exactly. Yeah. Um, another one that comes to mind. Star is Wars? Star Wars. <laughs> no. Bambi? No, is, um, is the movie that is called... Uh, He's mm-hmm. thinking. John is thinking hard as we speak. We'll come up with something. Roger Rabbit. No, no that was no, no, no. That no. was a, that was about uh, a completely different subject. But I love that movie. Oh, here it is. Okay, so it's related. It has to do with the time frame. It's called Cradle Will Rock. Oh, I love that movie. There's not really any prohibition in it at all. Okay, but here's <laughs> was the Van thing. Halen in it. No, no, no. Cradle Will Rock. Cradle Will Rock is is time leading up to a world war. Okay. Okay. So you have, um, you have, it's during the depression. So this is, this is actually post, this is post, this is post prohibition, post prohibition, but you can see the effects of what's happened. So you have people who are pro German, people who are not pro German. You have people who are, (laughs) that's a double negative. (laughs) Actually, it's not because not pro, not pro German would mean, it's anti different things. Anti German. If we drew a Venn diagram, it would be clear. They cancel each other out. Exactly. And this movie has an ensemble and this, cast. And this movie has an ensemble. It's an incredible cast. And the thing that happens is you watch this movie and you're like, why is this important? I don't understand what's going on with this. And it has a great climactic ending. And it's a musical. And it's a musical that tries not to be a musical. <laughs> yeah, but not in an annoying way. I have way. to watch this. It's fun. It's a relief. It's a really cool thing. And by the time you're done, you're like, okay, I understand what I understand what um, the depression was all about. I understand how screwed everybody was. Basically, the message of the movie is everybody is a whore. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I think you would really enjoy it, Motor. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's a whore, and there's. I'm a you know, consultant. You can't spell consultant singing. without S L U T. Al Capone. Of course, I can do that. Can you do video? Elliot of course Ness. I can do video. The legal drinking age. Repeal of prohibition. Oh, that's three shows from now. Yeah. Rum run. That will be June 30th. Ooh, the real right? McCoy. So June 30th, live from the 21st Amendment, one o'clock. Hopefully, by the time this show gets posted on the site, we'll have that all. Confirmed. We'll have permission. <laughs> well, no, we're not going to ask. We're not asking for for permission. We're, we're asking, we're asking forgiveness. forgiveness. We're just going to do it Thursday. It's not Thursday. It's not Friday. It's not Sunday because we normally record the show on Sunday, but today we're doing it on Saturday because we're going fishing tomorrow. Um, but June the thirtieth, one o'clock, twenty first amendment mezzanine level. Be there or be square, and we're doing it. And we're doing it live, so it's one p.m. Pacific time. PST. PST. Exactly. What's a blind pig? It's a lower class speakeasy. Yes, it is. But it's thanks all... for getting that for me because I was just going <laughs> to stare at John. Going, <laughs> blind pig. Don't that. ask me questions. Blind pig is also a really great. It floats to the top of its top. <laughs> it's also my favorite IPA. It is your favorite IPA? It is. You you like it better than Pliny? I the do. Elder? I do. From Russian River? Same brewery. Same brewery. Now what's what's the magic of Blind Pig? Why is it your favorite IPA? Um I just I really like how it finishes. There's no IPA quite like it. 
in hmm. that respect. I will have to uh, keep that in mind the next time I have one. I like 21st Amendment IPA. You know why? No, why? Because you can get it in a can. <laughs> Speaking, oh, speaking of speaking of Cradle Will Rock, <laughs> are um, we going to have Van Halen at the party? Just a side note: they're getting Blind Pig on tap at the City Beer Store next week. No, mm-hmm. oh, man, you do your work well. Wow, we have I'm on to the go. mailing list. Can I say I'm not on the mailing list? So have you have you seen the Simpsons episode called Homer versus the 18th Amendment? I might have. How many? What season was that in? Because I haven't. I don't think I've seen The Simpsons in about four seasons. March sixteenth, nineteen ninety-seven. I obviously did then. <laughs> <laughs> I have a friend who was because uh, uh, for the kids at home, uh, I'm pretty much not an American. Will soon have my my. Uh, my citizenship revoked because I don't have a microwave. I don't have a car. I don't have a TV. I haven't had a TV for a long time. I used to have cable that went into a box that put it. You into sound my like me. But you have a cell phone. Except I have a car. And yeah, a you have a car in a, in a cell phone. Car. But um, I had a friend who was uh, ripping me uh, DVDs at The Simpsons off of uh, BitTorrent or something. And at the end of every season, he would just give me a DVD with all the episodes on it for. Uh, research purposes only for research personal use only personal use only when his supply of beer runs out homer begins to brew his own moonshine air quotes however his beer engine started to explode which is a problem especially if you lock down the top on a fermenting you, carboy you cannot <laughs> damn it don't lock off the top of a car of a carboy but that's for our homebrew show that's next week all right what else do we know about Prohibition? Anything else we want to talk about? It really helped the mafia get started. Totally. Organized crime? <laughs> Wouldn't have got organized without the Prohibition happening. The profits available. Oh, and the term the real McCoy. Ooh. Tell us about the real McCoy. He was um, one of the original rum runners that would uh, bootleg rum from the Caribbean. Why is the rum gone? This isn't the rum show. This isn't rum school. <laughs> no, it's not, but it's but part pro- of prohibition. It was easier. People turned to ha- hard alcohol because it's easier to get drunk off of, and here's for uh, all the folks at home, about two inches of a bottle worth of liquor rather than, you know, five bottles of beer. And so if you're going to be moving alcohol and selling it to people, it's a lot easier to move high alcohol distilled spirits than it is beer. Exactly. So a lot of prohibition. I don't think there were a lot of people bootlegging beer, but there were a lot of people bootlegging hard alcohol. And because he was bringing stuff that was actually of high quality and not watering it down, they would say, this is the real McCoy. Hey. So his name was McCoy. Yeah, his real name is McCoy. Right. So this is the real McCoy, not the fake McCoy. No. Actually, I thought it was the the road that he drove down. Real McCoy. Oh, so the book we've been referencing is Ambitious Brew by Maureen Ogle. And we're going to get a link to Amazon or uh, to What's the ISBN number on that? To to PALS on the site so we can get 12 cents every time you guys buy one of them. Exactly. (laughs) We actually can do that. So the ISBN number is 0 15 101012 9. I'm not making that up. Yeah, I verify that. It's a real number. 
It's the real McCoy, that number. It's a great book. It tells uh, the entire story of beer in the United States. And it's from somebody who writes it from the point of view of a historian getting all their facts together rather than a fanboy or girl um, just blathering on about beer. So this picture... I love that picture. This picture. Oh, yeah, pictures. This picture. Can't read, this so picture is worth twenty. This picture is worth twenty five bucks. It's Fritz Maytag and a bunch of hippies. It's Fritz, <laughs> and better known as his employees. But the thing is, is that bar still exists. That's the same bar that's and there. And you know what? Probably just, the people that work there have the same hair now. It's back in style. Yeah. Except for Fritz, maybe. You could you can look at a couple of them and you go, yeah. You, just, you were at the Joni Mitchell concert the night before. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Buffett, yeah. I like the color of the Prohibition beer. It's a nice golden red. It's a nice red. golden reddish. Too bad we don't have a... No, we do have a bass. We could actually compare it. <laughs> the Beer School collection of beer. I'm sort of, of sad. Refer, of reference beer. I'm sort of sad that we don't do our Pantone thing anymore. The book is gone. The guy stole it. Who stole it? The, the guy. The guy, the employee who, who was fired. He wasn't actually fired. He was... Uh, his Let contract go. was not renewed. His contract was not renewed. That's no a better way. To, no longer works for the company. And when he left, he took the damn Pantone book. Bastard. That bites. Totally bites. All right. So uh, what else do we have to talk about about the 18th Amendment? Let's talk about gangsters. Let's talk about gangsters. But first, let's do this. Because the request was, please, can you have a shorter show? I'm going to do this. Okay. You've been listening. <laughs> I'm John Foster. I'm Motor. I'm Rosie the Intern. <laughs> and we have one last thing to say. And then you can stop listening. And that is... Class Dismissed! <laughs> All right. Now we're at the official after show. And we can continue to talk. And if we talk for another hour and a half, it doesn't matter because the show just ended. The show just ended. Right. <laughs> so we, Unofficially official. Uh, unofficially official. We, have, we can talk about gangsters. We can talk about... There's a whole lot of romance that goes into the, the, the gangsters associated with Prohibition that I don't think is really rubbed off on the gangsters associated with the current drug trade. It, you know, the drug trade guys just there's no romance there you know scarface really wasn't a lovable character and the idea (laughs) you know the idea is as cool as uzi nine millimeter is Uh uzi nine millimeter phase plasma rifle in the 40 watt range but you get the as cool as that is it's just not it's just doesn't have that same thing as the tommy gun or you get the stories about uh here people who would brew whatever it was the hooch the hooch up the coast where or offshore and where they would bring it ashore here in little secluded coves along the Pacific Ocean. Right. And bring it onto shore and get it through town. Um how they would brew because they were always brewing hooch up in the, the hollows of Kentucky and getting it out of the hills and moving it around that way. Um and it's sort of the the mythos of the American rebel more than, you know, some person who just likes to kill people because they, you know, are trying to sell booze in their own territory. You know what we didn't talk about? What? How it was easier to get a drink during Prohibition than it was when it wasn't Prohibition. (laughs) No, and the thing was is because – and I didn't understand this thought until I'd gone through this whole process of 75 years – 
because when people were saying, wow, where, you know, that, that comment, where do I get a drink around here? It's a tough thing because half the country was already, already a dry country. Right. And, you, and during Prohibition, when they said, no, you can't have this, then thousands of little places sprung up. And then suddenly it was way easier to get a drink. It's kind of like being 16 years old and said, you cannot have a beer because you're not of age. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to get my drink on because <laughs> this, is, this isn't allowed. An interesting fact I found was that Iceland, you weren't allowed to have beer until the mid to late 80s. Why? Because the hair grew out and finally time. <laughs> and now that you can't even buy um, ibuprofen there, you have to have a, a prescription. I would agree with that. That's a dangerous drug. Ibuprofen? Yes, sir. I think acetaminophen is, is more dangerous. I don't know. Ibuprofen, taken in the wrong way, will... Uh... Yeah? <laughs> no, it's just... It's, you it, can't just... Acetaminophen will cause liver damage. Way so will faster I be, than so will ibuprofen, ibuprofen if it mixes with alcohol. But the idea is that people take this and they're like, okay, well, I don't feel anything. And they take two more because they think it's a safe drug. And it turns out that it's not. Well, I mean, that's with any pain reliever, I think. Pain reliever. Well, <clears throat> air quotes on that. Air quotes. I'm just sticking out of this one. Because <laughs> the right. last time I said anything on this subject, it got cut out of the show. What? <laughs> Talk away. I'm not saying it again. <laughs> Say it, whatever. Flexeral. Oh yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you were talking about you were talking about how much. Hey, it, hey, we can't even talk about it. If I know. Cut out of the no, show. no, this, it was. Uh, it didn't. It was, the context of it was all wrong. It's. It was in the beginning part of the show, not the end part of the show. So, so why is it called a speakeasy? Originally, it was called a speakeasy prior to being. The speakeasy that we all uh, reminisce about, it was called a speakeasy because music was being played there and the musicians wanted people to listen to the music. So you had to talk softly while you were at the, while you were at the, at the, at the show. And so you were in speakeasy listen to the, the music. whole entire time that you were there. And then, and then, listen to the music. Okay. And then, if it was, see, then they invented the we had to talk like that. <laughs> we had to talk much louder when the electric guitar got made. So it kind of did in the uh, speakeasy thing. And that is, once again, a certifiable John Foster fact. People used to speak quieter <laughs> before the invention of the electric guitar. <laughs> hey, kid, give me an electric guitar. <laughs> No, we no 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 no. I take that yeah. Out. The show's over now. We have to go home. No, we you just to. ended the show, John. Uh, this is the after after show. <laughs> Good night. This is the after. we have one other beer to talk about. We haven't even talked about the beer. Double Daddy. We have Untouchable first. Oh. We have Untouchable first. Uh, do you want a Double Daddy? Yes. Okay. Would you like an Untouchable or Double Daddy, Mister Foster? Old, I want the other one. Oh, here. No, 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 not that. So this. You want another Shirley? No, it's not even cold. Oh, old Godfather. Old Godfather. By the way, uh, Speakeasy will be having their tenth anniversary extravaganza in August. I'm so old. Oh, They've been around do 10 not years. Miss yes. So you want to see the coolest thing that you can do with the Speakeasy? Can you build a house? No. You can build no. a fort if you have enough of them. Yeah. But so I'm going to just put this beer in here to make. Oh, there's more beer in that. Like, okay. Wounded soldier. 
You can put these together. Damn it. <laughs> Party fell. You can put these together to make a diorama. <laughs> this goes oh, over yeah, there. Sean. <laughs> See? It, it's a, yeah, you actually can. That's pretty cool. It, goes, it all goes together. So it's the three six-packs, the Prohibition, the Big Daddy, and the Untouchable in that order actually make the entire picture. So a Dick Tracy scene. Kind of a Dick Tracy scene. The other thing you can do is this. Mm. You can turn them sideways and it still works. Long ways wow. or short ways. Long ways, short ways. That's very Somebody cool. was totally thinking when they made these these six packs. That's good planning. Mm-hmm. And now we're gonna drink beer. So <laughs> we're all gonna way to way to fight off the dead air there, Rosie. <laughs> and now we're gonna all gonna drink some beer. Anything you else know, you would like to add? Yeah, Gates Renovation is still looking for project managers and experienced carpenters. They're going to go under soon if they don't find somebody. <laughs> oh, they're not going to go under. <laughs> they just need more people. They need more bodies. They need more cogs in the machine. With, uh, it's not so much hammers, it's screw guns. Can you, you take that. the um, double, no, the uh, old godfather out of the ice, please? It is out of the ice. <laughs> out check i anticipate everybody's need constantly that's why people like me the only thing i would have uh, <laughs> constructive criticism on is i think the face of the old godfather needs more um illustrator oldness work. yeah just a little uh yeah he he's wearing wacky. sunglasses and he's a bit whack a couple more pixels yeah exactly yeah. Yeah, he he has the anonymous look going on. I mean, yeah. Comparatively. I looked for the uh, phone number for Marine Og- Ogle. I was going to dial her up during the show and go, Hey, hey what, what are you up to? <laughs> I'm cooking dinner. Who is this? Are you drinking a beer? Because she lives in Ames, Iowa. And I used to, I, I know Ames. I know all the bars in Ames, or at least I did. I haven't been there in like 20 years. She just called all the all the bars up. Pretty she's there. Hey. I once knew the bar. Is there an IP freely there? Uh, is Mr. Wall there? No. <laughs> is Mrs. Wall there? No. Is Wall is uh Bill Wall there? No. Is Jane Wall there? No. Are there any walls there? <laughs> no. Then what's holding up the roof? Click. <laughs> Don't. John Foster, please uh, try the veal and tip your uh, tip your servers. We're taking this nationwide someday, right? Yeah, we're already nationwide. We're already around the globe. We're the number one podcast about beer. You know, we still our number one? Yeah, yeah. Retaining our title? We are retaining we our title much to the dismay of everybody else. <laughs> like, how do you guys do that? I'm like, it's no, so much fun. It's no accident. This is about a three by five card worth of notes. Handwritten, though. Yeah. Did we, get, like all, did we get through too. all the stuff on the notes? It's on gridded paper. No, of course not. No. Uh, at one point, they were coming up with, uh, they started to let, some of the, the cheaper, sleazier brewers, which would not be the Bushes or the Paps or any of those, but some of the cheaper, sleazier brewers went to cheaper ingredients. And one of the things, they just started adding raw uh, glucose instead of to the <laughs> to, to try and shortcut the beer. And... It wasn't widespread. It was one or two, one or two instances. But the temperance people sort of grabbed onto this, 
and they trotted out Dr. Nick, or the Dr. Nick of their time, and he said, hey, I'm Dr. Nick. Do you know glucose causes insanity? This man had eight beers, and look at how crazy he is. That's the German voice. No, that's my Dr. Nick voice. Okay. He's kind of a German, that guy. We He's, don't just know what doctor, He's just crazy. He's just crazy. So uh, they were trotting out false science. It was sort of like, well, it could have happened this way. And so people started to say, well, glucose must be in all beer. That's why people turn insane. Hmm. In 1921, the nation consumed 300 million gallons of Bevo, Pivo, Famo, Luxo, Quiz, Hoppy, and other fake beers. Yes. They, were, they had to be less than 3% alcohol to be considered in this, quote, safe thing. Oh, yeah. It was like 3.2%. Yep. That didn't work. 1920. No. Well, you know, people are like, okay, what's well. What's the point? What's the point? Yeah. And it tasted icky. And what is a Bitter American? Delicious. It's delicious. And besides it's, it's delicious. At four, it's at 4% now. Oh, they raised something on the chalkboard. It's a f- talk to talk to brewer Jesse. Jesse, Jesse. It's four percent. Huh. Can I have the opener, please? Yes, you may. Why we're almost at the end of the show? You don't need a good opener. Two nuns and a priest walk into a bar. That's an opener. <laughs> they go to the bartender. Why is there a dog sitting at the bar? Why is there a bar? The dog says, it's not my parrot, it's his. (laughs) It's not my parrot. It's It's ad libs for jokes. We're just flipping through pages of the jokes to see where we come up with. You just told four jokes at the same time. It's called multitasking. (laughs) Yes. It's not my parrot, it's his. (laughs) (laughs) We need a drum kit in here. Uh, old um, Godfather. No, but one of my one of my brothers gave up drinking. I can't believe I told that joke. I got to write down what time it is because I think I'm going to take that joke out. <laughs> um, an interesting <laughs> fact that I found was the only state that voted against um, prohibition was Rhode Island. No. Mm-hmm. Wow, Rhode Island. You could carpet Rhode Island. It's so small. Maybe that's why they got enough people together. Huh. It's just uh, actually. I, I would assume the Kennedys had something to do with that. I have, I have an interesting fact. Let's see. Where is it? It's right. It's on. <laughs> <laughs> it's somewhere in the giant. You should stack have the producer papers. put tabs on that so you could find. No, all it's 19, this is crazy. So, 1966, Mississippi is the last state to repeal prohibition. 66. Yeah, isn't that Whoa. crazy? In the same year, 1966. Bud sells 10 million barrels of beer in one year. And, and I what? was born. In 1966? <laughs> yes. I'm older than you? Yes. No way. Yes. Crazy. Although if I showed you my driver's license, you'd learn my real name, which will, shall never be revealed on the show. Shall never be spoken. <laughs> 1964, metal kegs were introduced in Germany. 1974, heavy metal was introduced in England. <laughs> What were they putting in before that? 1929, the stock market crashed. 1979, my friend crashed his car. And I was born. <gasps> 1959, Coors introduces the first all-aluminum can. Mm. Wow. 2000... I wonder if Ken has one of those 1959 Coors cans. Where is Ken? 
Where is Ken? Ken's going to be It's baseball show. season. He's watching five TVs at once. So, so what shows do we have baseball. coming up? Right. We have, next week, we have... Home Brewers. Home Brewers. Yeah. Home Brewing. Because what happened was, that if you can't have beer, we're going to brew beer at home. That's right. And then what about show number 20? Show number 20 is called Brewing a Sustainable Community. Ah, yes. And we have Dave McLean from Magnolia coming on the show. And a Dr. Bob Coleman. And Dr. Bob Coleman. I don't know if it's Bob Coleman. It's not. Bob Coleman. Uh, Mr. Bob Coleman. It's a mail order PhD. Dr. Scott. It's Dr. Eugene Scott. He's going to be on the show too even though he died a couple Um, years ago. And Bob's going to be on the show and it should be really, really good. Because make your brain hurt. There's going to be so much smart spread across the table. It's unlike this show. This show didn't come out quite exactly like I thought it was. but It was pretty short. It's pretty short. It's supposed to be short. It's supposed to be short. We're supposed to say We respond it. to the people that tell us that we need to make Exactly. But this is probably the one show that should have been longer. If you're still listening, you should be not listening. You should be doing your homework. Right. What was the homework? Drink beer. The homework is beer. <laughs> if you don't... Uh, if that's not motivation enough, then uh, I. What is the homework? Oh, you know what? There is no homework. The homework <laughs> is to sit staring at a wall, not drinking. The homework anything. is to come up with three current events that eerily resemble the same tactics used during the fight to come up with prohibition. Perfect. I love that homework. So say it again. And we already more. gave out hints during the show. Exactly. The RIAA, the NPA, the bastards that are trying. Oh, the SPA? The Software Publishing Association, those guys are bastards. Bastards. It's like, excuse me, ruin a business just because they have a disgruntled employee. <sighs> oh, we can't make those sounds anymore. No, that's, that's no, a, no. That's a, we're trying to make a sound that is like a, what would that be? Disgust. It's a sound, of a, it's a, sound a rabbit makes when it's really angry. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not, what are we can't chew, we can't cough, we, we can't, can't burp. No, we can do any of that during the after show. Okay. It's just the perf- the the pre after show, the prafter show. The prafter show, the pre after show can't make those sounds. Oh. Mm. Okay. See that cardboard over there? Yes. One of those exploded. Glass. There was no there was nothing smaller than a quarter. In here? No, not in here. If it exploded in here, it would still be being cleaned up by the hazmat team. (laughs) (laughs) Don't lock off a carboy. Exactly. What do you mean? I said warning. Warning? Yeah, don't lock off a carboy. If you're thinking about locking off a carboy. That would make a good bumper sticker. If you're thinking about locking off a carboy and you don't have the proper gear for locking off a carboy, then don't lock off the carboy. Then it's probably a bad idea. So right now it's the uh, second weekend in second weekend in June, mm-hmm. and I want to make sure that everybody has got their travel plans together for the Oregon mm. Brewers Festival. Oregon Beer Festival. Here, have some of this. Old Godfather. Always the last full weekend in July. Always the last full weekend in July. We're going to be there. We're going to do a show from there. I don't know how, but we're going to we? do it. Yeah, we're going to figure it out. You know, I could almost piece together a show from the video that I shot last year. We're but taking it would just be t- we're taking rock star the- bartender. The, you were <laughs> you weren't there because you were already on your way. I think to Seattle or back down here. Uh, or no, I went to Seattle after because my brother was rock star bartender. My brother was one year older. Excellent, doing a great. She did a great show all, all under herself on video. 
Um, you could post that? No, I wouldn't post that. Okay. Bummer. <laughs> That's liable. No, it's not. No. It just, it's just be they're funny stories, but they're not funny for everyone. Oh. You know how that works? Yes. Exactly. I've but been, we're going to be up in, uh, I'll be in Portland Thursday through Sunday, all the days of the festival. I'll be wearing a beer school shirt. And we'll probably be at Lucky Lab in the bar across the street from Lucky Lab and uh, Ringler's Annex. And Amnesia and, and Fire on the Mountain Wings and Bridgeport. And oh, yeah, Bridgeport. We like Bridgeport. And uh, Friar Truck Tucks. Friar Trucks. All of, all of our Portland fans, I've never been to Friar Tucks. I just found out about it last year. It's a brew pub that also does fried chicken. And I think it was a fried chicken restaurant before it became Where a brew pub. Where is that place? It's in uh, Southwest. Oh, and you can get no, there on I the was bus. There. No, no, I was there last Were year. You? Yeah, um, I got poured into the back of somebody's SUV and Excellent. ended up there. Excellent. How was it? I if you reported, you know. I don't remember. No, I loved the chicken. It was great. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, we're also going to put together at some point a beer festival show. Oh, yeah. Somebody and said... a beer trip show. Oh, like uh, a how-to? or How-to. Oh, okay. That'll be neat. Yes, and that'll get inserted somewhere in there. Check this out. So Elaine writes, hi, John. What's up? When is the Russian River Beer School? Yes, Hi, what is that? exclamation point. Who's Elaine? Um, Elaine, from the phone. <laughs> she just texted me. Uh, the Russian River Beer Fest, I believe, is August 18th. That's when we're doing the Russian River Beer School show? Well, does she mean the Russian River Brewing or the Stumptown Beer Festival? No, she means when we're going to go to Russian River and talk to uh, Vinny and have a discussion about stuff. Never. He's a hack. <laughs> He's not a hack. <laughs> He's a hack. Uh, Calling he, the he makes my dirty beer, beer and then calls hack. it Belgian. And he goes, oh, it's Belgian. Ooh, you, put, <laughs> you put the, you put the <laughs> little myases in the little, in the, in the, in the oak barrel. <laughs> oh, and no, now, it's, oh. it's special. Ooh. Yeah, it's supposed to, it's supposed to be sour. And, uh, yeah. Have you tried the old Godfather yet? No. Mm. I'm not a big fan of the barley wines. I like the fruit beer. <clears throat> I like this barley wine lots. I'll try some when I finish okay. the stuff in my class. We're doing a good job of winding the show down too. It's it's uh, turned into uh, the, the beer school that everyone knows and loves from <laughs> forty minutes in. Speaking of um, barley wines, I had a brother David's triple oh, at Tornados yesterday, but they served it in a pint glass. And it was just way too much, you know, for a 10 percenter. We were at Melissa's birthday party last week. Yes, we were. You know what was fun about that? <clears throat> we were in the back secret room. We were in the secret room. We were playing washers. And guess who brought raspberry wheat? You did. Not raspberry wheat. Just raspberry beer. You did. I did. Yum. From, from uh, the uh, bum line, from, right? From New Glarus. The candy what wine. is this, bum wine? That was Who my favorite that? quote from the last show. <laughs> what is that, bum wine? Donut yeah, beer. You need to stick to tech. <laughs> and maybe wine. Stick to tech. Oh, is that the raspberry beer from Wisconsin? Yeah. Yes. You we have, have more? Any... Of course. Can I have some? Not now. Not now. Soon? 
When we get Ruby. When we do our uh, our fruit beer show. Okay. Somebody needs to bring us a keg of Ruby. Yes. We need to... Uh, there must be a FedEx shipping number around this place that I can steal and get us a <laughs> keg of Ruby. It's more funny to steal Sean's. We would never do that. We're gonna. No, we're not. <sighs> uh, hey, Randy. Uh, I need the keys to the office, okay? Somebody else was still working there. I could get the keys for any place I needed in the brewery. <laughs> you had the keys to the green room once. <laughs> hey, are the Giants winning? The Giants are... We, we did another show. We did another show during the Giants-A's games. The Giants are probably getting their butts waxed right now. Not in a good way. Mm-hmm. And um, when we go to our, our post-show decompression where we unwind... <laughs> uh, <laughs> the tank... Just like last night, the twenty one. It's a- five to nothing. A's. A's. Yeah, the twenty one. And it's a- in the seventh. Once- it's the seventh inning, and if we're gonna go, we gotta go. Oh, we gotta go. See you on the flip side. <laughs> Catch you back in two and two. Oh, <laughs> Chuck Woolery, right? Yep. Yep. We're not sponsored. Now we have sponsors. Yeah, this show. Can we make this show any looser? The Blue Death Star is now a sponsor of Beer School. Our problem is, <laughs> our problem is, the A's always beat the Giants. Always, that's an East Bay thing, right? Do you well, want some of this? No, I still have some other stuff. Something from Untouchable. It's not barley wine because that'll fuck me up. Ooh, that's right. That that's French, there, John. We can only use that as a verb. He'll mm, you up. Uh, he'll really mm, you up. Uh. Was that the name of a Van Halen album? Not a real Van Halen album. No, Van Hagar album. Yes, I don't know. I don't. I have no idea. I know you that don't band know what is that dead is. to me. I know. Oh, we don't even like them. And anymore. as we all know, Valerie Bertinelli did more <laughs> to ruin rock and roll than Yoko Ono ever did. Uh, why am I doing this? Why am I replying on this? You know, sometimes, John, you can make a decision whether you want to text on the air or just end, end the, the show. I'm, 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 I'm channeling Sean. I'm Sean O. Who you always... never hear that he's texting. You just hear people giving him crap that he's texting. There's a difference. Yes. <laughs> I think we went into the red on that one. Ooh. Did we? Mm-hmm. We have to make sure that we don't have that word that's there. The word I can't said? believe that I said that. That's my rule. I can't say that word. This word. Yeah, and right. that word. Yeah, right. Um, to wrap this all up. In summary. Pro, sometimes people with well-intentioned ideas can really mess things up. I would have used another word, the word that John used. That we all know what that word is. Mm-hmm. Because if I said that word, this this was always an interesting argument. If you said, and so F this, everybody knows what you meant to say. You so just, why not just say it? So why, you know, why can't you say it? I, don't know. I have no F and idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, you should be able to say those things. Who are you texting? The girl who just asked me. The are we girl. doing the, the <laughs> girl. Uh, The girl from Geffen. The girl from Geffen. We hate Geffen. Yeah, because they, they cut uh, Cracker from their uh, stable. Uh, you know what the homework should also be? To watch... Um, oh, Untouchables? No, the other one. Musical. 
the musical. Oh yeah, uh, Cradle of Rock. Cradle of Rock. All right. So your homework is. So your homework is to find three things that feel like prohibition. Yes. That feel like pre-prohibition, and to watch the movie Cradle of Rock. Not listen to the Van Halen song. Or you can Cradle. do that after. But it that kind of rocks. Yeah. What was the song we were listening to on the way over? The pre-song. Piece, piece by piece by the tubes. <sighs> I love that song. <laughs> All right, we're playing that right now. What? Hey, kid, play that song by the tubes. <laughs> Thank God. Is it ever going to end? 